Welcome to Mind Your Body, where we explore the intersection of pain and chronic stress and provide evidence-based approaches to mind-body care. Join us as we expose cutting-edge treatments and therapies that are revolutionizing the way we care for our bodies and minds. Your host, Dr. Zev Nevo, a serial empath and trauma-informed physician, is board-certified in both physical medicine and rehabilitation and regenerative medicine. He is the founder and medical director of NES, Nevo Sports and Spine, and Regenes, Regenerative Mind and Body Wellness Clinics in Los Angeles, California. Are you ready for in-depth insights, hacks, and practical advice on how to achieve optimal physical health and well-being? Become a wellness warrior and tap into the amazing potential of mind-body medicine. It's raw and refreshingly authentic. So plug in and get ready to be motivated, educated, inspired, and empowered to make a change in your life today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mind Your Body. I'm your host, Dr. Zev Nevo, and I'm so pleased and honored that you're joining me today. Today's episode is called Out of Our Minds. As an opener, this episode is going to focus on the importance of awareness. Yes, this is an episode on mindfulness, but I do think it's duly important to discuss this topic because Being aware in the present moment is absolutely a necessity for any of the work we're going to be talking about moving forward. It's a lot easier said than done. And as simple as it sounds, this has been a very challenging endeavor for myself and for many others. But I'll start with saying that we are not our thoughts. A lot of people go on with their lives on almost an autopilot and are really a victim to the thoughts and beliefs and perceptions that they have. And a lot of the voices telling us what we can or can't do, what we are or what we aren't, are not our own. Tara Brack, the author of Radical Compassion, calls this our trance state. We just have, quite frankly, lost the ability in many cases to tune into this frequency and really have the internal awareness of what is actually transpiring in our bodies what exact thoughts and emotions we're actually having, being able to accurately name those emotions. A lot of times it just takes less energy, frankly, to give in to the default modes that we have, our conditioned responses, our habits that we have ingrained within us. They become so powerful in our brains. They actually are really strong bonds that have formed through a process called neuroplasticity. But we are not our thoughts. Our thoughts can be quite impactful emotionally on us. However, it doesn't have to guide our actions, nor our perception of our reality. So why do we call this podcast Mind Your Body? Well, I once heard the following to differentiate between emotions, thoughts, and feelings. Emotions are energy in motion. Thoughts are the language of the mind and feelings are the language of the body. So our state of mind follows a pattern of thought, and then this informs how we feel. The more we focus on this, the larger it expands. But it comes and goes. It doesn't stay with us permanently. And that tells us that our state of mind is not a trait and something that defines us, but rather it's a state of being. And as a state of being, 
It's something that can be shifted and altered towards something that is more productive for us. Mindfulness is described as present moment awareness, which is basically just being aware and living in the present, tuning into all of our senses, and really tapping into connecting to what it is we're actually experiencing by getting out of our minds, getting out of our heads, getting out of our own way. And this capacity to pay attention to our thoughts and our emotions and sensations that we have and perceptions or stories that we tell ourselves. Tapping into our internal conditions and the external environment is important to do, but to do in a non-reactive way. We really want to attend to what we're experiencing without tapping into the emotional aspect of that. When we are practicing mindfulness, we don't want to react to what we are experiencing. We don't want to have any judgments about it. As an example, think of a stenographer in a courtroom. His or her job is essentially to document what's being discussed and just kind of get it all down, observe it neutrally without judgment. None of the bias or none of the opinions of the stenographer need to be documented in the record. This is actually what we refer to as metacognition. Metacognition is our awareness of our own thoughts, and it's a very important skill to build. It's not easy to do for some that have for so long been stuck in the habits that they have, but it's a really worthwhile skill because it allows us to take time for any situation that presents to us in our daily lives and bypass our emotional centers in our brain, the area of the brain called the limbic system where mood and memory get stored, and allow it to reach our prefrontal cortex, the area of the brain that's considered to be our logical brain, our rational brain, where we can have a response to what we're presented with. And this is a very, very vital skill to develop. One of the ways that we can connect to this is to ask ourselves at any moment, where is our attention right now? Are we focused on the past? Do we live with a sense of resentment? Do we feel like we are troubled by how things didn't turn out based on what we feel that we deserve? Do we relive traumas that we experience consciously or subconsciously? Reliving those traumas that have occurred in our past bring them into our present and cause us to suffer again and again. Are we worried? Are we anxious? Those two things are really present when we're focused on concerns for our future. And it stems really from our attempt to maintain a sense of control in our lives. You know, we're not fond of uncertainty and we love to be able to predict what's going to happen. The more uncertainty there is, the more anxiety provoking that can become. Especially when those of us who have experienced pain, for example, feel a loss of control, a loss of predictability in life. This can lead to a lot of the ongoing anxiety that we tend to feel. And using strategies like mindfulness is so helpful to combat this. Not necessarily as a distraction from pain or from anxiety or from any emotions rather, but really to start to cultivate a fundamental appreciation for why emotions are there in the first place. To recognize them and allow them to be there, but then observe them with a sense of ease and neutrality. 
And that's really the key. That is the take-home message. Because when we do that, a lot of the suffering or unwanted reactions that we sometimes have tend to dissipate because we are bringing our awareness to a present state without succumbing to the reactivity of the emotion. We want to be able to respond and not react by being aware of our thoughts, our body, and our breath. Our breath is considered to be the liaison, the connection between our mind and our bodies. And once we have that awareness, we want to anchor our awareness to our attention. We want to start to notice our thoughts with a sense of clarity. Why is this helpful? Well, number one, this helps to downregulate the amygdala. The amygdala is a part of our limbic system which activates our physiologic stress response to both physical and emotional, good and bad, actual and perceived threats. It's really the part of our brain that reacts initially to stress. In the book Headache in the Pelvis, the authors state, Controlled attention is the joystick of the nervous system. And we know that our thoughts can even control physiologic responses in our body by directly impacting our nervous system, which can then impact lots of other systems in our body. We know that stress, both negative or distress, and positive or eustress, have similar physiologic responses in our bodies. The only way that we can discern the difference is when we're mindful of what we're feeling in the present moment. Mindfulness also helps us to start to increase feelings of curiosity and wonder and insight. These are very important emotions and feelings to experience. We tend to experience those in our youth, but many of us lose the ability to revisit these as adults. Being able to sense curiosity and wonder and insight can be tremendously beneficial for us to combat many negative emotions. Many consider mindfulness to be the foundation of happiness. We want to think of awareness kind of like going on the scale. When you step on a scale, you're going to see a number which represents your weight, and the number just appears. There's no emotion or judgment behind the result. It just is. And it isn't easy to do. I think that in order for us to be successful in practicing mindfulness, we have to lower the stakes, right? We have to try not to establish that attention by purposely not thinking of X, Y, or Z, because in those cases, it usually becomes a futile attempt. And the key is really to practice, practice, practice. We need to practice mindfulness as if you're starting a new exercise and you need to build up endurance. You really need to get those reps in because getting those reps in help to build new neural connections in our brain, creating a habit of being able to very quickly tap into the ability to be mindful, which will be a very, very useful strategy for a lot of the work that we're going to be doing down the line. I once attended a lecture on stress management by Rich Fernandez, PhD, who said, The object of attention is not as important as the process of attending. Usually we need to practice mindfulness because we're stressed and we need to relieve stress. And again, we talked about stress sometimes being developed from a loss of control. So what do we do? We try to control everything. But the funny thing about mindfulness is that it only works when we don't try to control it. When we practice mindful awareness, we're choosing to be present 
and choosing to turn off thoughts of the past and the future. Our mindset and our beliefs have a tremendous impact on our behavior, our actions, and our emotions. And in order to undo self-limited beliefs that we have, we need to be able to choose how we pay attention. I once read a book that discussed conscious awareness. The author describes that the basic condition for being happy is our awareness or consciousness that we are happy. For example, when we have a headache at that time, we're really aware that not having a headache is wonderful. However, how often when we don't have a headache are we happy now because of that same thought? We have to remember at times when we're feeling good or when we're not feeling bad that the lack of having a headache is very pleasant. This really crosses into the sense of gratitude, which is very important in helping us overcome difficult times in our life. One other analogy I'd like to leave you with is watching a movie. Movies often have a background track. There's some music in the background. Usually when there's a scene where the dialogue is reaching some sort of crescendo, the music will kind of speed up or create this anticipation of what's about to happen. When someone's walking in the dark and that eerie music comes on, or during a scene when good conquers evil, there's often triumphant music playing, celebrating the success of the victor. In any case, the purpose of the music in the background is not to take over the entire movie. The music is there to support what's happening in the scene. But what should we pay attention to? I think primarily we should be paying attention to the dialogue. The music is put there to accompany the movie, but it's not directing the way the movie should play out. Sometimes the music may not even match what's actually happening in the scene. Similarly, our reality is the actual dialogue of our movie. Our thoughts, emotions, and perceptions are just the background music. It's meant to make us feel a certain way about what is taking place in our reality. This definitely can be appropriate as an adjunct. However, we must not stop paying attention to the dialogue and just get lost in the music. So it all starts with attention. We need to pay mind to our thoughts, our emotions, our perception, and our bodies. It's all important. So let's get out of our minds. Thank you for listening to Mind Your Body with Dr. Zev Nevo. If you have found today's conversation informative and empowering, please share it with friends, family, or a fellow human in need. Follow the Wellness Warriors on all the socials so you can stay updated and receive useful resources to help you on your journey. As always, if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And remember, the body embodies the mind. The mind embodies the body. It's the only one we've got. Nurture the mind, heal the body.